0: I want to invite you to look with me in the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter 36 verse 18. 2nd Chronicles uh, chapter 36 and verse 18. The Bible says, and all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king, and of his princes, all these he brought to Babylon. And they burnt the house of God and break down the wall of Jerusalem and burnt the palaces with fire and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. This is uh, describing what happened to the house of God when Babylon came upon Uh, the Israelites and destroyed their city, destroyed their temple and took them captive. So we have here the destruction of the house of God. I just want you to keep that in mind as we proceed. We know the children of Israel were then taken to Babylon. They were in captivity for 70 years. And Then they were set free. And as they were set free, there were a series of decrees that allowed them to rebuild what had been destroyed. Those decrees were four decrees, and they were the decrees of Cyrus, number one, Darius, number two, Artaxerxes, number three, And once again, Artaxerxes issued a second decree, which completed four decrees. The first two decrees, uh, the decree of Cyrus, was basically a decree to rebuild the temple, the house of God. The second decree by Darius, which came some years later, was a decree reinforcing the first decree by Cyrus, to rebuild the house of God. The third decree, which was given in 457 BC, uh, was by Artaxerxes. And this decree uh, was regarding the building of the entire city. Second decree by Artaxerxes dealt with the building of the wall. I want to focus in particular on the fourth decree uh, just for a few moments. This fourth decree which was given by Artaxerxes and given specifically to Nehemiah. I want you to notice what the Bible says here uh, in Nehemiah chapter 1. The Bible says, Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity... Uh, there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Notice Nehemiah chapter two, verse eight. The Bible says, and a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest. This is Nehemiah now asking Artaxerxes for permission to go to Jerusalem to do a work. And so he's asking for this letter Um, from the king, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace which appertaineth to the house and for the wall of the city, for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. So I want you to notice here very simply that Nehemiah has been given permission to go and repair or rebuild the wall. And we find this in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 1. Uh, the Bible says, It came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Notice with me verse 6. So built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Verse 7. But when it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard, that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were wroth and conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Reading on, Nehemiah chapter 6, verse one, the Bible says, "'Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though I, at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. And we'll just pause right here for a moment. Nehemiah's work was to rebuild the wall. His work was to rebuild the wall. So I want you to notice that this concept of building the wall is very important to God's people, especially at the end of time. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 12 and 13, this same theme is presented. And I want you to notice what it says here. Isaiah 58, verse 12 and 13, the Bible says, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of paths to dwell in, if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath from doing thy pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight. God speaking to his people, particularly in the end times, says that the work they are supposed to do is the work of rebuilding the wall. They are to be repairers of the breach, what is a breach? It's a gap, it's a breaking, it's a separation. God's people are called to be repairers of the breach. And I want you to understand something very important because this Sabbath concept ties in with the repairing of the breach. First of all, because there's been a breach in the law of God. Let me explain something to you. In the book of Isaiah 59, the very next chapter, notice what the Bible says. Remember, a breach is a separation. A breach is a separation. So the Bible says here in Isaiah 59, verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have done what? Separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So what does iniquity do? Iniquity separates. Iniquity separates. It forms a gap, or we might say a breach. Let's keep reading. Going back to the text. Verse 3 For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice. Nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. So God is here speaking about a people who have forsaken justice. Listen carefully to me. Forsaken justice. He's speaking to a people who have separated themselves from God through iniquity. And so God says, I'm calling an end time people. Who are going to be repairers of the breach. I need you to be listening carefully, guys. God calls an end time people who are to be repairers of the breach. What does iniquity cause? It causes separation. What is iniquity? The Bible tells us that iniquity is transgression of the law. First John three, four Notice what the Bible says here. Whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So when the Bible speaks of a people who will be repairers of the breach by bringing forth the truth of the Sabbath, you've got to remember that the Sabbath is one of the commandments, and that's the commandment that people have breached. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my what? Come on, guys, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. When we keep God's commandments, we are repairing the breach that iniquity has caused. So therefore, beloved, God has given us a message in the three angels messages. Revelation 14 uh, verses six through seven. I saw another angel. Flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto every nation, kindred, and tongue. The everlasting gospel is to fear God and give glory to him, which equates to keeping his commandments. That is the message that God has called us to. He has called us to bridge the gap or build the wall. All right. If you're following so far, give me an amen Let me know that you're with me. Because I'm going to share something with you now that you may not have considered before. Because you see, before Nehemiah could build the wall, before he could repair the wall, remember, there was a decree given that gave Nehemiah the permission to build. The wall. We have paralleled that decree, that fourth decree to God's end time people going out into the world and preaching the Sabbath message. But before Nehemiah could have built the wall, there had to be a decree before that focused on the city. So I'm just going to pause for a second here you'll remember that we said there were four decrees. The building of the wall was the fourth decree. It was the last decree. Nehemiah could not have focused on a wall if they had not first began repairing the city. So come with me. I want you to see this decree. So we're going to go to the book of Ezra, Ezra chapter 7. And I want you to notice what the Bible says here. The Bible says Artaxerxes, king of kings, unto Ezra the priest. Now remember, the fourth decree involved Nehemiah. It was Artaxerxes giving a decree to Nehemiah. But the third decree was Artaxerxes giving a decree and Ezra carrying out that mission. So let's see what it says. So it says there, Artaxerxes, king of kings unto Ezra, the priest, a scribe of the law of God of heaven, perfect peace. And at such a time, I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests in my realm, which are minded of their own free will to go up to Jerusalem, go with thee. Notice verse 25. And thou Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand, Set magistrates and judges which may judge all the people that are beyond the river. All such as know the laws of thy God and teach them that know them not. All right. Watch this now. This third decree dealt with the rebuilding of the city. It dealt with creating order. In the city. I need you to follow this guys. Because if the fourth decree. Means that God's people. Must preach the Sabbath message. Then I'm going to suggest to you. That the third decree. Is suggesting to us. That before we can tell people. About the Sabbath. I'm just going to wait for a second. Before we can convince people effectively, efficiently, that the Sabbath commandment must be kept. We must first deal with the issues of the city. Hold on, pastor. Are you saying that we need to, as a church, be out there in our communities helping to repair the breaches in our communities? Yes. Yes, beloved. There are breaches in our communities. And before we can go to them with the Sabbath message and say, look, keep the Sabbath, we've got to show that we care about their issues. I thought you might follow that. We've got to show, listen carefully, we've got to show that we are not just repairers of the wall, but we are repairers of the city because that's what the Israelites had to do. They had to repair the city. And I want you to notice in case you think, oh, that's not our issue. That's not our problem. Listen, Isaiah 58 and verse six. The Bible says here, is not this the fast that I have chosen? This is the same chapter that's talking about the Sabbath, guys. Is not this the fast that I've chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens. Let me ask you, is there wickedness in our cities? What do you think? Yes or no? Are there people in our communities that have heavy burdens? Yes. I think you would agree. Yes, yes. There are people in our cities, in our communities that are heavy burdened. Let's keep going. It says to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free. Let me ask you, beloved. Do we have people that are oppressed in our communities? What do you think? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Listen carefully, guys. Before the decree went forth for Nehemiah to build the wall, the city had to be focused on first. Let's go back to the text. Let's see what else it says. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh, then... Shall thy light spring forth as the morning and thine health shall spring forth speedily and thy righteousness shall go forth before thee and the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. In other words, beloved, God says, listen, if you're going to be an effective repairer of the breach in walls, you have to first be an effective repairer of the breach in the city. You got to be an effective repairer of the breach in the community, because if they don't see that you care, if they don't see the gospel in action, they're not going to listen to you. This is a part of the gospel, guys. Our community, they are suffering from breaches. What breaches, you might ask? Let me ask you, what does a breach do? A breach separates question. Do you see right now our society struggling from the breach of racism? Yes or no? Now, I need you to pause here for a second because I want to let you know something. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a prophet. But I know that some of you are listening to this sermon through a certain lens through a certain filter. I just want you to recognize that I recognize that because I'm going to address that. So if you find yourself struggling right now, please, I'm not gonna say bear with me. I just need you to understand that I recognize that you're struggling right now. And I'm gonna show you why it is that we struggle when it comes to addressing some of these issues. So let me ask you, Is there a breach of racism in our community? At least racial war in our, let me use that phrase. Is there a racial divide in our communities? No one can deny that we've got some racial issues, right? Notice I'm saying racial issues, tension between blacks and whites. Yes, yes, it is so. You can't deny that. You might deny, oh, the reason for the tension is not real. There's no such thing as racism. You may try to argue that. I'm not even arguing that right now. I'm just saying it is evident that there is racial tension in our community right now. That is a breach that needs to be gapped or that needs to be filled, if you will. That is a breach, a gap that needs to be repaired. What about politics? Is there a breach of politics in our community right now, in our cities, in our nation? Do you find people divided in politics and is it causing tension and hatred and anger in our communities? Yes or no? All right, guys. So we've got a breach of racism or or racial tension. We've got breach of politics. We've got a breach of hatred. The love of many is waxing cold. And beloved, I need you to listen to me. As Adventists, among all people, as Christians, we should have the answer. Because the gospel is about repairing breaches. So While the world is trying to figure out how do we solve this issue or this issue or that issue more than any other people, the repairs of the breach should be front and center with this is how you deal with these issues. Are you with me right now? I hope you're with me because, beloved, the answer to these issues is the gospel. Please understand that the answer to these issues, it is the gospel. There is no other answer. Because the real issue behind all of this is a heart issue. And I want you to listen carefully, beloved. Legislation cannot change hearts. I hope you caught that just now. Legislation cannot change hearts. Yes, legislation helps in different ways, but ultimately it cannot change hearts. You can't outlaw racism. You can't outlaw hate. The only way to deal with those issues is to deal with the hearts. So our world is experiencing unrest right now. Unrest. What did I say, everyone? Unrest. Come on. Somebody, what is the Sabbath about? What is the Sabbath about? What is the gospel about? The gospel is about rest. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? I will give you rest. All right, guys, so let me ask you a question. If God says, I can give you rest and the world, the community, our cities are struggling with unrest, what people above every other people on the planet should have the answer to this unrest? Are you catching what I'm saying? More than any other people, you and I should be the answer, should have the answer to this unrest. Why? Because Jesus said, "I'm come to give the world rest. Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest." I want you to notice with me, beloved, the gospel was designed to bridge the gap. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13, the Bible says this, "But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who has made both One and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereof and came and preached what? Peace to you which were far off and to them that were nigh, The whole mission of Christ was to be a a repairer of the breach. So beloved, before we can effectively go out and fulfill that commission of repairing the Sabbath breach, we must first understand that God calls us to repair the breaches in our communities. So Christ ministered to the needs of the people and then bade them follow me. Are you with me so far? Listen carefully, but I'm going to say something. Listen carefully. The religious right, they're looking for answers. Because they have skewed the Bible, the answers that they are presenting are not the right answers the liberal left they're looking for answers but because they have sought answers without the Word of God guess what they don't have the right answers the people that have the right answer now I hope you're all catching this The people that have the right answer are the people of God who uphold the word of God. Not those who are twisting the word of God and not those who are rejecting the word of God. Both of them are looking for, are legitimately looking for answers, guys. Listen, we need, as Christians, we need to stop. Let me say it this way. The religious right, they're looking for answers ignorantly. They don't understand. They're not like, hey, we want to serve the beast from the earth. We like that. They're not doing that. They're not thinking we're doing something evil. So we need to stop demonizing them in that way. Oh, they are plotting to work hand in hand with Satan in order to bring about events that will persecute God's people. They think they are God's people. The same thing with the liberal left guys. They're not like, how can we work hand in hand with Satan to bring about? No, they're not doing that. They're simply trying to find answers to make life better. One is doing it with a skewed version of the word of God. The other is doing it by setting aside the word of God. Neither way is the right way. Some of you are mad right now. And I know you're mad and I get why you're mad. And I'm going to tell you why you're mad. So just hold on. Because, beloved, you're looking at this through certain filters and therefore you can't even hear the word of God. Remember, there was a decree before the decree to build the city. (laughs) Watch, watch, watch. Before Nehemiah could effectively repair the breach. Ezra had to first focus on repairing the city. That's the third decree. So Ezra, I mean, Nehemiah, the fourth decree, Ezra, the third decree. Watch this, guys. Before Ezra, before a decree could be given to focus on the city, there was another decree that was given, two decrees, in fact, before that. Come. I want you to notice with me. Second Chronicles, chapter 36, verse 22. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth has the Lord God of heaven given me, and he has charged me to build him. Yeah, I'm pausing. Yeah, I'm pausing. He has charged me to build him what, everyone? A house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all the people? The Lord, his God, be with him and let him go up. That word build, it means repair. Remember, The house of God had been broken down, had been destroyed. So watch this, guys. Before they could repair the wall, they had to focus on the city. But before they could repair the city, listen, guys, before they could repair the city, Before they could go out into the community and say, hey, we're going to teach you how to repair the breach of racism and the breach of politics and the breach of hatred before they could focus on the city. How are we going to go tell the world how to fix racism? How to fix the racial divide. (laughs) How to get along in politics, whether you're a Republican or Democrat. How to not hate each other. Come on, guys, break it up, break it up. How are we going to go out and preach the Sabbath? Hey, we're repairs of the breach. We know how to fix walls. How are we going to go out and and, and preach the repairing of the city? Hey, we're repairing for the breach. We know how to fix cities. We got the answers to the cities. When if those cities turned and looked at our house. What does our house look like? I want you to note the order, guys. The first decree, build my house. Repair it. Repair it. If you want to be an effective repairer of the breach out in the community, if you want to be an effective repairer of the breach for the wall, you must first be an effective repairer of the breach in your church. Because you see, beloved, To the degree that we are effective repairs of the breach in our church, to that degree will our message be effective in the cities. So God didn't say, oh, yeah, don't worry about the house. No, no, no. The first decree he moved Cyrus to give this decree, build the house first, repair the house, focus on the house, guys. When I look at the house, I'm like, "Mm." because how are we going to deal with racism out in the world and racial divide out in the world when we have racial divide in the church? How? Tell me, guys. That's why we are silent in the city. That's why we don't want to deal with it in the city because we don't want to deal with it in the church. We have racial divide in the church. We have political divide in the church to where when a message is preached, it is now so bad that when a message is preached, we are either looking at it through Democratic eyes or Republican eyes. That's our filter now. Yeah, guys. How are we gonna address the issues in the world? We don't address the issues in the world. Why? Because we have them in our church and we can't even fix them in our church. So that's why we have nothing to say in the cities. That's why we are silent. That's why we can't talk about it. That's why we don't want to talk about it, because the house still has breaches. There had to be two decrees issued for the house, not just one, two. Build my house. In fact, I want you to notice the book of Haggai chapter one. It says, in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Jethiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek the high priest saying, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts saying, this people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for you? O ye to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste. Now, therefore, thus say the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put them in bags with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a house. And I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith the Lord you look for much and lo, it came little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste and you run every man into his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew and the earth is stayed from the fruit. And I call for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the wine and upon the oil and upon that which the ground bring forth and upon man and upon cattle and upon all the labors Of your land. Beloved, that sounds very much to me like God talking to a people who are in a Laodicean condition, who have need of nothing, who think they have need of nothing. My house. My house. Look at the condition of my house. That's the Laodicean message, guys. This is what God is saying. Please notice it again with me. Revelation chapter 3. You've read this verse many times, but notice what it says. Revelation chapter 3. The Bible says here. Here we go. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. Remember, I called you as a church out of captivity. You guys came out of Babylon and I called you out of Babylon to go and rebuild. That's what you were supposed to do. Build my house. Bring in the lively stones to build my house. But God is not happy. The Bible says in verse 16, so then because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Ever eat something disgusting? What's the first thing you do? Might I dare say that Christ is disgusted? He is disgusted. Let's keep reading. Because you say, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable. Poor and blind. I want you to focus on that word for a moment. Blind. We're going to come back to that. Blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you can see. Beloved, the problem with many of us is we are seeing through a particular filter that is now distorting and corrupting the word of God to where we can't even hear God's message anymore without seeing it through a particular lens, a racial lens, a political lens. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I need you to see this, guys. I want you to follow this, okay? Disgusted. Is Jesus disgusted? Is he disgusted? I want you to listen to these words. It's found, volume one, sermons and talks, page 114. What is the matter? They, Laodicea, have left their first love. So then, because thou art lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. What does he mean by that? Why, if the people have great light and knowledge and yet they are not striving to give that light and evidence to the world in their works, which are living principles that they shall present to the world, Christ is dishonored and he becomes so disgusted with them that he will not take their names into his mouth. (laughs) To present them to his father. Beloved, Christ is disgusted with the fact that there are breaches in his house still. There is division in his house still. We hate one another. I'm not going to dress that up for you guys. You know, oh, no, I don't hate you. I just don't like you. No, 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 no. Let's say it as it is. We hate each other. There is hate in the church. There is anger in the church. There is political divide in the church. There is racial divide in the church. We have nothing to say to the world. Be quiet. Be quiet. I mean, I'm not telling you don't go out and preach. I'm just saying God commissions us to go out and preach. I'm just saying that what we're preaching really doesn't have any effect until we get it right in the house. When we get it right in the house, we'll get it right in the city. And when we get it right in the city, we're going to have people from all over the breach of the wall will be repaired. So let me ask you a question. We're about to come really deep into this thing. I'm going to ask you a question. Did Jesus ever spew anyone else out of his mouth? Did Jesus ever spew anyone else out of his mouth? Yeah. Yeah. Here, let me show you. Matthew 21. Because to spew out of the mouth means I reject you. I reject you. I want you to notice something in Matthew 21, verse 42. Jesus saith unto them, did you never read in the scriptures... The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. Who did God spew out of his mouth? Old Testament Israel. Yeah. And why did he spew them out of his mouth? Notice what it says. They rejected the stone. Okay, wait a minute. Who rejected the stone? I want to see if you tell me here who rejected the stone. I'm looking now to see who is it that rejected the stone. What does the text say? Let's see. What does the text say? No, the text doesn't say the Israelites. What does the text say? I'm being patient. I'm waiting. Who was it? No, not the Israel of God. What does the text say? Who rejected the stone? The builders. The builders. The builders. <laughs> the ones that were supposed to build the house. They rejected The cornerstone, the foundation of the house. In other words, beloved, the builders leave Christ out of the picture. And as a result, God says, I spew out of my mouth. They rejected the cornerstone. Oh, yeah, they had a message. But Christ wasn't included in that message. So they rejected the cornerstone. Nailed them to the tree. And went on building the house without the cornerstone. Beloved, if we are seeking to build our house to repair the breach without the cornerstone, that's why their breach is still in the house. Watch this. Watch this. Matthew 13. I want you to notice this. Matthew 13, we're going somewhere with this, guys. Just hang on, we're going somewhere. Matthew 13, it says, Therefore I speak unto them in parables, because they, seeing, see not, and they, hearing, hear not. Neither do they understand. I'm a, uh, hmm, hmm. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of, of Isaiah, saying, You shall hear and shall not understand. You shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross." Their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes are closed lest at any time. They should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and be converted. And I should heal them. What is Jesus talking about here? How is it that you see, but don't see or hear, but don't hear. How does that happen? Come, come. Genesis three, verse six. The Bible says here, speaking of Adam and Eve, when they're about to fall, Genesis 3, verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was pleasant to the eyes, she took of the fruit and did eat thereof and gave it to her husband, he did eat. And notice verse 7, the eyes of them both were opened. Let me ask you a question. Were Adam and Eve's eyes open before they sinned? Of course they were open. How did she see the tree that it was good for food? Of course her eyes were open. So when the Bible says their eyes were open, it's not talking about these eyes. It's talking about this eye. Satan changed the way they saw things. So when her eyes were open, she now sees that the tree, the fruit, is good for food. Oh yeah, this is, yeah, how did I not see that before? You want to know what's happening here? Eve's carnal mind is now opened. Notice what the Bible says here. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Watch this. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Why? Because those that are in the flesh see things, see things through the flesh. They hear through the flesh. I need you to understand this, beloved, because listen carefully. The Bible tells us this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The Bible says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wise of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Pause, guys. Whenever you hear someone making flesh and blood the adversary, whenever you hear someone focusing on flesh and blood versus the spiritual entity behind it, You are looking through the flesh. The Jews, as Jesus is speaking and preaching, think about it. How many of you would love to hear Jesus preach? Let me see your hands, your uh, digital hands. If you would love to hear Jesus preach. What an experience that would be, right? Do you know that in the days of Jesus, when he was preaching, there were people who were listening to his message and going, hmm, this brother's off. You want to know why? Because they were hearing the word of God through carnal ears. They were always trying to be a step ahead of Jesus. Oh, 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 he's trying to say, oh, he's trying to, oh, 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 he's. So they could never hear the word of God just for the word of God. They heard it through filters. Let me demonstrate. Watch this. John 11, John 11, verse 47. Y'all need to see this. Some of you are about to hang up right now. Some of you are about to click leave right now. And that's okay. Let me just do it. John 11 verse 47. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what do we do? For this man does many miracles. Now let me just pause for a second. Can you imagine that? This guy's healing people. How are we going to stop him? They're so blinded by something. We don't know what that thing is yet. They're so blinded by something that Jesus ministering to people in need. They're like, this is not good. This is not good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He's He's healing people. He's meeting them where their needs are. What are we to do? I want you to think about that, guys. These are not Satanists. These are not people who are like, we hate the Bible and we. Let's keep going. Here you have people who claim to believe in God. This is not right. And on top of that, he's doing miracles. What are we to do? Watch this. Let's keep going. So, if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. Watch this now. Watch this, guys. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them said, one of them named Caiaphas, being the priest, the same year said unto them, Know you nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, that the whole nation perish not. Now pause for a moment. What's going on here? What is the main concern of this religious people? Let me see if you can tell me. I'm going to look in my responses. What is the main concern of this religious people? Let me see. I'm looking on Instagram. I'm looking on. What is it? What's their main concern? Come on. What's their main concern? The nation. Watch this, guys. Their love for the nation Hmm. their love for the nation was greater than their love for Jesus Are y'all catching this? Their love for the nation was greater than their love for Jesus. So this hyper-nationalism, what did I say? Hyper-nationalism skewed their hearing of the gospel to the point that Jesus himself could not convince them of their heart condition. You guys, I'm not making this stuff up. It's right here in the text. Their main concern was preservation of the great nation, the blessed nation, the nation that was better than no other. The greatest nation this world has ever seen. Listen to me, guys. This earth is not our home. This earth is not our home. We are Christians before we are anything else. I need you to understand this, guys, because just as hyper nationalism, the love for nation overpowered their love for Jesus in those days. So there is this strange thing that is happening in our church. Where it appears that prophecy just doesn't matter anymore. It's not about prophecy, it's about the nation. And I got I need you to understand it's beloved. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Let me just use the Bible. See, Revelation 13:11 tells us of this nation. And it tells us here, Revelation 13:11. I want you to notice it. I beheld, John says, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and he spake like a dragon. You guys, listen, praise God for the liberties that we experience here. I get it. Yes, I get it. But do not forget that this lamb like appearance is not really true. Because while it presents itself as one thing, it speaks as another. And see, most of us try to reason this out saying, well, it's not doing it yet. When it does do it in the future, then, you know, I'll be the first to say, no, no, no. No, beloved, it has done it since its inception. I need you to understand what I'm trying to say here, beloved. It has done it since its inception. This country, listen to me, is full of good because there are good people in this country. Amen. There are good Americans in this country. There are good Christians in this country. There are good all kinds of people in this country. Regardless of religion, there are good people in this country, and that's what makes this country a good country. Amen. Praise God. I get it. But beloved, there are also negative elements in this country, and you cannot deny it. Beloved, prophecy before politics. Some of you are just like, ha ha. ha. no. Beloved, get out of your political mindset. Even if just for a minute, if we can break through for just a minute and you can remember your prophetic roots, prophecy before politics. You know, we have a great time with the first beast. Yeah, that beast. Everything about that beast is evil. First beast. One thousand two hundred and sixty years. Yeah, that beast. We had nothing good to say about that beast, that beast, that beast, that beast. But because the second beast looks like a lamb, all we want to do is focus on the lamb part and pretend that the dragon has not been a part of this beast from its very inception. And you guys, if you're mad at me right now, you're not seeing clearly. You're seeing through a political filter. Prophecy before politics, guys. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. There are going to be other people that will be mad for other reasons in a moment. So just hang on. Everybody's going to get their share. Don't worry. Listen carefully, guys. We are not to be echoing the sentiments of the dragon. And we're doing it in our church. We're doing it. Now watch this. Love for a nation. Listen carefully. Love for a nation can overpower hypernationalism. It will overpower your love for Christ. It's the same thing that happened to the Jews. Be careful, guys, because the division that's happening in our church has become very, very political. We have moved aside prophecy in favor of nationalism. I know, you know, if you unfriend me, if you say, Pastor, I don't like you anymore, you have no reason to because I still love you. I know some of you are here right now. I'm looking at some of your comments right now. Some of you, you guys know who you are. We talked before. I still love you. I hope you still love me because I'm not trying to speak against you. I'm trying to speak against the enemy who is bringing division into God's church so that we can't repair the house. And thus repair the city and thus be repairers of the breach in the wall. But watch this. Let's keep going. Check this out. Matthew 15, verse 6. Watch this, guys. Watch this. Ready? Ready? Here's the next part. Matthew 15, verse 6. Now at the feast, watch this, he released unto them one prisoner whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him and had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as as he had done unto them. But Pilate answered, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priests moved the people that they should release Barabbas unto them. All right, guys. I want you to notice what happens. Israel moved by their hatred for a nation. All right, let let me pause for a second. Let me let that sink in for you for a second. Israel, moved by their hatred for a nation. What nation? Rome. Pastor, what do you mean? Listen, Barabbas had been guilty of insurrection and murder in that insurrection. Who was he rising up against? Not his own people. He was rising up against a nation that the people hated, Rome. So watch this. On one hand, hyper-nationalism, a love for the nation, listen carefully, overpowered their love for Jesus. On the other hand, their hate for a nation, we hate Rome. Rome is the oppressor. Rome does all these evil things to us. We hate Rome. We hate Rome. Rome oppresses us. Rome treats us unfairly. Listen carefully, their hatred, they allowed hatred to settle in their hearts to where they began to excuse murder and insurrection on the premise that look at how Rome treats us. So we ought to do the same thing back to them. Are you catching what I'm saying, guys? Both were looking for an answer, but they both took the wrong route. And neither of them, listened to Jesus. Beloved, at the end of time, God's people have the answer. But how can we go out there and tell the world, no, listen, listen, listen. We get the protest, we understand, we can sympathize there. We get it, we know why you're mad. We know what Rome does or has done. We're not gonna deny that, but listen, that's not the way. And at the same time, we can acknowledge, yeah, listen man, this is Rome. This power that you're talking about that you don't like, that you struggle with, listen, The Bible prophesied that this nation would look like a lamb, but speak like a dragon. Stop trying to dress this nation up as a lamb, guys. Stop. This is Bible. And stop harboring hate in your hearts, even though you may have been oppressed, if you harbor hate in your hearts. So what the devil does is he takes both of those spirits, hypernationalism and hate for the nation, and he brings it into the church. And now those who adopt those principles outside the church bring it into the church, and now what do you have? You have breaches in the church. And now we start fighting each other We start fighting each other. And while we're fighting each other, we're trying to go out to the world and tell the world, hey, we are the repairs of the breach. Come keep the Sabbath. You shall find rest for your souls until we bring you into the church, into the midst of our battles. Make sure that you're on my side. Let me warn you against those church conservatives. Let me warn you against those church liberals. Let me warn you against those in our church who are this or those in our church who are that. And so we come in and we train people how to fight. We train, them, hey, this is the side you take. This is the side you take. And we're just full of breaches. Make no mistake, guys. God calls us to social justice. Notice with me, Isaiah fifty nine verse fourteen. We're coming around the bend, God. We're getting ready to close. Isaiah fifty nine verse fourteen. The Bible says here, Isaiah fifty nine verse fourteen, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice and truth standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the streets. And equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Beloved, listen to me. If you ever doubted before whether God wants his church to be involved in justice and in judgment in our society, you don't like the word social justice next to each other? Okay, God wants justice in our society. Whatever makes you feel better, yes, yes. 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 But there is a right way. And beloved, we have to acknowledge when justice is not happening. So make no mistake about it. God needs us to speak. He needs us to repair the breach, but we cannot repair the breach because, listen, guys, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. If I am listening to sermons through Democratic eyes and ears or Republican eyes or ears, I miss the message. I send mad faces. I see you. I tell the pastor he's getting political when it's not that he's getting political. It's just that, hey, I'm calling out. Your politicalness. (laughs) Prophecy before politics, guys. I love you. I love you. Come on. You guys know I'm not mean. You know, I'm not a mean guy. I love you. Look at my smile. See, I'm not mean. I love you. But I have to tell you the truth. Because I love you. That's all, guys. That's it. Because God's beloved, listen, at the end of time, both the right and the left are going to turn on God's people. So while we have time, we need to minister to the right by telling them, listen, guys, you are giving a dragon like example of Christianity. That's what you're doing. And we have to tell the left, listen, guys, if you think more laws going to change human hearts you're wrong you can't outlaw racism just protesting and saying change our laws yes they're going to help but listen a person who's a racist is going to find ways around the law to still practice racism that's the bottom line So we've got to be the people between the gap, between the breaches to say, listen, guys, this is the answer. The answer is found in Christ Jesus. So what does Jesus want? He wants us to be baptized. Remember the guy he told, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And when the guy washed, his eyes were open. We need to have baptized eyes, guys, and baptized ears so that we can hear the gospel again. We can remember why this church came into existence. Why in the world are you following the narrative of the beast from the earth that speaks like a dragon? What are you doing? Why are you siding with the beast that rises up out of the abyss that says we don't need the word of God. Let's not focus on the word of God. Listen, guys, listen to me. I see it on both sides. On one side, we just forget about our prophecy. Yes, yes, yes. America, we are the greatest and that's all that matters. And God bless this nation and nation. And on the other side, what are we doing? It's all about Poverty and helping the people and forget about preaching the gospel forget about preaching the third angels message forget about prophecy. Let's just tell them that the Bible, that God loves them. So we don't talk about prophecy. We don't talk about end time events. We're just concerned with let's go feed the hungry. Listen, God says I need you to feed the hungry. I need you to help the oppressed, but don't forget guys. I've given you the three angels messages. I don't know how much planer I can make this. There's a ditch on both sides. And would God that our eyes would become baptized, and open so that we can see that God has called us to a very special mission and purpose. Let's empathize with the agonies of those who have their worries and all. Let's empathize with them, but at the same time, let's remind them both on the right and on the left that they cannot have the answers because they are going about it outside the realm of the Word of God. Anoint your eyes with eye salve. That's what Jesus said. So you can see. So you can see clearly again. Because a lot of us are not seeing clearly. We have become so blinded by this world and the fights of this world that we have lost sight of our prophetic message. We have lost sight of the gospel. We cannot take the moat out of the city's eyes when we in the house of God have beams in our eyes. So guys, I'm closing with this appeal. We got to get it together. We have to get it together. We have breaches in our own house. It's time to like address these issues. It's time for us to be like, okay, why do we do things like this in the church? It's time for you to address your own heart. Why do I get mad? Why am I so angry? Why am I not empathizing? It's time to address these issues on a personal level and on a global level as a church. Why do we have a racial divide in our church? Why do we have systems set in place that promote this? It's time to deal with this stuff, guys. Let me close with this. You know how much I love my church? My church is the bomb. That's just me talking in my... I, you, you get what I'm saying. Right? That's the joy I have about my church. Like, yo, my church, we have the truth. And yet to have to preach a message like this, it's embarrassing Like, I don't want to be on Facebook and YouTube preaching this. There, I am sure there are people right now who are not of our faith that are probably watching this thing right now and going, what, really? And so there are two options, right? We can just like continue to ignore this so that we look good to people out there. Or we can swallow the hard pill and go, yeah, this is an issue that we need to address. And yeah, it's embarrassing, but you know what? We need to address it and fix it so that we can be about our father's business. You guys, it's time to repair the breach. We are way overdue, way overdue. It's time to repair the breach. My appeal to you is simply this, guys. Let's really and actually become repairers of the breach. Let's do that now in-house. Let's stop arguing the solutions of the world. And let's start arguing the solutions of Christ. We have allowed the spirit of the world to enter into our church. You might as well say our church is... I'm not going to say it. Our world, our church is... Just very similar to the makeup of our world right now. And it's sad. The same divide that is happening in the world happens in our church, and that's a sad commentary. So let's delete this message. (laughs) I don't want this to go viral. Last week's message, yeah, let's let that go viral. But this one, you heard it. Just go ahead and don't, you know, I mean, share, but share discreetly, guys. Share discreetly. I love you. And I hope you love me, too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to repair the breach. Lord, in this church, we have people that have unfriended one another on Facebook, unfriended one another in real life because of the spirit of the world entering into our church. Lord, we're asking that you would forgive us for allowing your house to have these breaches and we are praying Lord that you would help us help us to finish the house so that our attention may be focused on the city that we can bring this gospel message to the city meet them where they are minister to their needs and then bid them follow you. Lord, it is amazing. It is mind-blowing that these decrees dealing with the literal building of your kingdom, your house, and then the city, and then the wall, follow the very pattern of which you desire us to work. We need to get our house in order before we can go out there and help the world. And when we do help the world, we then invite them into your house and we surround them with the Sabbath. They keep your law and the breach is repaired. Lord, we can't do that if we don't even know how to repair the breach amongst ourselves. So Lord, may the conversation begin and may it not just be a conversation, may it come from the very top down that as a church, we would reform and become united with no gaps between us. We thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayer because we ask it in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen and amen. This message was recorded and produced by Power of the Lamb Ministries. Our mission is to help prepare God's people for the soon coming of Jesus Christ by pointing to the supernatural power of the Lamb of God that gives us the experience of victorious Christian living. For more information on our multimedia resources or inquiries on speaking engagements, please log on to our website at www.powerofthelamb.com. That's www.powerofthelamb.com Thank you and God bless.